Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love Him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head-on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details. Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. I'm a children's book author, illustrator, and longtime photographer. I'm a mama of three kiddos with a hobby farm in Colorado foothills. I passionately share real life moments raising our family to value the outdoors, animals, camping, mountain life, nature, the arts, you name it, but especially our love for Jesus. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Treehouse Storyteller. If this is your first time listening, then oh my goodness, you picked an awesome episode to listen in. We have an incredible guest today. Her name is Erin Lynham. She is a master naturalist, Bible teacher, author, and homeschooling mother of four. She brings together her certification as a naturalist and degree in biblical studies to help families nurture their faith through God's creation. Now, we're all new to this space as Treehouse Storyteller was just launched this year, actually this month. One of my biggest visions for this time shared on Treehouse Storyteller is equipping parents how to raise up amazing children to grow up and love the Lord despite the culture they've been born into. And I truly believe Erin is going to ignite a fire today under all of you beautiful listeners. She gives me hope and encourages my mama heart. So without further ado, Erin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. I am too. Now, guys, you have to know the enemy did not want us to talk today. We had a lot of technical issues on the front end of this call, but we we fought him. We punched him in the face. And Erin, uh, if you could go ahead and tell us a little about yourself, your kids, where you live, your lifestyle, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So we live in the front range of Colorado and you mentioned I have four kids. So I have three boys ages 11, nine and almost eight. And then my daughter is five and I've been married to my husband, Grayson, for 13 years. And I am launching my second book, Rooted in Wonder. And this book was really born out of this deep connection that I've seen with my family as we spend time out in creation we moved to Colorado over seven years ago and and hiking and exploring nature. I just saw my kids meeting their maker in a really intimate and profound way. And I was experiencing that personally. And so as we were seeing this happening, I started think, thinking, okay, how can I make this deeper connection? And that's when I started to explore becoming a master naturalist. And so that's been quite the journey just to go through that training and certification and my my desire with this has been, yeah, to really unite it with a knowledge of God's word, because I believe that his word and his creation go hand in hand and complement one another. So that's what this journey has been, just connecting his created wor- world with his written word and using that to teach our kids who God is. That's really awesome. 
Um, so the I know and our listeners know, can you explain exactly what a master naturalist is? Yeah, so that's always the first question I'm asked because it is kind of a intriguing title, but it doesn't give a whole lot of explanation. <laughs> so a master naturalist is someone who is trained in the local ecology and habitats and about the local plants and animals and birds and insects of an area and further how to teach that to others. And so I took this certification and was trained by people who specialize in birds and insects and plants and animals um, so that I can train the next generation. Really, I, I, I'm able to teach community programs for adults and children and just to take that knowledge and help them to connect with the land around them. But of course, as a believer, my passion is to take that and to use it to point people to the creator. I love that so much. That is one thing I always say is that we have to make sure we are worshiping the creator and not the created, right? So I yes. love that. Very cool. Absolutely. And that's something I touch on in the book as well, because I think in our current culture, we see this sharp return to the earth. People are wanting to be more natural and connect with the natural world. But I'm really concerned that I see this happening in shallow ways. And mm. really, when you make that disconnect, when you sever that connection between creation and creator, yeah. the conversation loses depth. And there's so much more when we begin to see it as God's artwork. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. So I honestly, I had a really hard time choosing between all of the amazing topics to discuss with you, because I, the more I dug and got to know you, um, the more I'm like, oh my goodness, we could talk for hours, and I want to pick her brain about everything. So I want to ask you, I'm trying to limit it here, but um, I want to ask you about truth. Now, you have a post on your blog where you're discussing, um, you know, talking about truth with your own kids and questions they ask you. Uh, for instance, can your brain get sick or can your heart get sick? And I just, I just really, in the, in the culture that we live in today, I feel like we are seeing our brains and our hearts more sick than ever. So I want you to just talk about that and how you, um, you know, you don't sugarcoat uh, that with your kids, but you're also meeting them on their level at the same time. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about the process with your kids and why you feel so strongly about that? Yeah, so that question came from my daughter. Um, she asked me once, Mama, can our hearts get sick? And I said, well, yeah, it's really important that we take care of our hearts, our physical heart and our spiritual heart. And I shared with her ways that we can do both. And then she followed up with the question, can our minds get broken. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so profound. Mm -hmm. And I just told her, yeah. And obviously I, I answered her on her own level, but I thought it was such a profound question because in today's society, we see so much mind sickness and mental illness and not only mental illness, but our kids don't know what to think. They're being told what to think and not taught to think for themselves. Yeah. And so I love that nature provides us this incredible classroom to help them filter their thoughts. Mm. Um, my oldest son, he's 11. And a while back, we were going through this particularly difficult season. And he told me, mom, we need to go on a hike to sort our thoughts. Oh, and I, I like loved that. that because... 
when we go into nature, I think that God created it in such a way that it does help sort our thoughts. It helps us to think upon everything lovely and true and beautiful. And so that's where a chapter in the book came out, nurturing a healthy mindset through time outdoors, because I think that that is something God has given us that we are not fully utilizing. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes think about, you know, just kind of the enemies play over the years of, you know, building these walls where we can live an entire life almost indoors and be severed from nature and severed from, you know, the creator, because he, he made all of these beautiful things. And, you know, we see in scripture, we know uh, everyone can see that there is a God from his masterpiece of creation. And the more we remove ourselves from that, or like you mentioned earlier, the shallow quality of people kind of coming back to it, but they're missing the point that God designed it and that God designed it out of love for us. Um, and it's just, it's a whole twisted understanding. Uh, so kind of segueing out of that, but still, still really right in line with truth. Um, tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, just this concept of if one thing has been over propagandized, if that's a word, <laughs> um, it's climate change, right? And we saw it kind of in our upbringing. I know I saw it in like the 80s and 90s starting to surface. I don't know if it was before that. Um, but there's a topic, the topic of climate change is one of those that is so confusing. And it's, at least when you look at media or you look at from a government perspective, things don't make sense. And mm -hmm. I love how I've heard you say um, that God is a God of order. Um, so talk to me about climate change, girl, because you know, uh, you know, the animals and the birds and all of our, our ecology a lot more than I do. Um, so, you know, share with us a little bit how kind of your knowledge with climate change, but then also how do we address this with kids? And, you know, especially kids that might be in public school, minor homeschool as well, but I'm sure there's some that are listening that have their kids in public school. And how do we handle this as believers um, to combat that and bring that order to it? Yeah, sure. So I knew this was a topic that I had to explore um, for the new book, but more importantly, as my kids were coming to me with questions and yeah, we homeschool, but our kids are hearing this all around them, that the world is warming up and what are we going to do about it? And first I'll say the world is warming up. Um, I think we need to really accept that as believers, but then really get into the question of what are we going to do with it? And what does it mean from a biblical perspective? Mm -hmm. So I honestly believe that climate change started in the garden of Eden. Like God created this incredible, beautiful, perfect earth. And then it was broken by sin. Yeah. And we read in scripture that the ground was cursed. And so there's this trajectory now toward decay. And we see in scripture also that this world has an end date, that we are moving toward that. And so it makes sense that the world would be naturally changing. So I believe that climate change started in the garden when the earth was cursed and broken because of sin. And then that it intensified after the global flood. So um, there were most likely these huge aftershocks after the flood, 
when when the earth is covered with water for that long, you just can't get around that there are going to be catastrophes afterwards. And so that mm. would have been the largest climate change event in history. I think as believers, we sometimes shy away from the term climate change. I grew up thinking like, what is this, a hoax? And it's definitely a hot topic in today's culture. I think we shouldn't shy away from it. I think that we should embrace it head on and see what scripture says about it. So when I understand that the earth is broken and that it's heading toward decay and that it will eventually end, I can assure my children that God has a plan. And of course, that plan seems bleak, right? Mm -hmm. If you come to it from an unbeliever's standpoint, it's terrifying because to them, this is all we get. But as believers, we understand that God is making all things new. And that is the hope yeah. that I can equip my children with. Now, yeah. on the other hand, we can't just leave it saying, well, it's going to end anyway, so why take care of it? No, we're called to be stewards of God's creation. And for me, as someone who prays and works to uphold truth, I believe that God's creation provides us vast evidence for who he protects created so that one, we can enjoy it longer. He gave it to us for enjoyment, but two, so that I have more evidence to point to and lead people to Christ through that. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So quick story. I remember being in fourth grade and we were having, I don't know if it was a fundraiser or what, it surely was a fundraiser, but we were selling shirts or asked to buy shirts that had like save the whale graphics on it. And as a fourth grader growing up in a Christian home, and I came to this in my own reality in my mind, I was like, I am not buying one of these t-shirts because if the whales are all gone, you know, Jesus is going to come back before we have to really <laughs> worry about this. And I just, that has stayed with me my whole life of like, but I, I think you have to be careful with that concept too. I mean, there was immaturity in that. Um, I do think there's a level where we really don't have any control in the big scheme of things. God's going to come back when he comes back. Um, but then there's also, you know, being good stewards, like you said, of what he's given us. And I went on to um, have an interior design degree. And what a, a lot of people in this space probably don't know is that I was, I took a very difficult test called a lead accreditation um, and it's leaders in energy efficient design. And so I used to design interior spaces based on you know green standards that you know the government pushed out for different buildings and it's what the all government buildings are till this day and the more I got into it the more I saw kind of that confusion of certain things not making sense just to earn this point system it took a lot of money or still a lot of travel or you know certain things not aligning up with you know um, fossil fuels and things like that um, but then I also really, in my heart, started to embrace the understanding that we as Christians have to be responsible with the resources we've been given. And that's really how I wrap my head around my purpose in it, because it was hard as a Christian pushing so much interest and um, expertise and time and focus in this green initiative where I, I really needed to pull back and understand the why is bigger than that. And it's about, you know, just taking care of what God's given us. So yeah. I just, I love, I love your take on it. Um, and yeah, if I can add to oh, go for it, like that's so interesting. And especially getting into that realm, um, that was probably a secular situation and 
they probably weren't coming to it from a faith standpoint. I think our kids are hearing that a lot. And the thing is that we need to train them to not cave to the alarmists. And so like people, good natured people who want to care for the earth might be bringing them all these numbers and terms and ideas that can really invoke fear in our kids, but God doesn't desire fear for our kids. And so even equipping them with real facts, like I mentioned that the world is warming up and showing our kids that this could actually be one of God's designs on a cyclical system. So like between, um, I think it was 1880 and 1980, on average, the land and sea temperature rose about 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. After 1980, that about doubled. And so we can mm. notice like a correlation with the warming earth and burning of fossil fuels. But there were other times on earth when the world warmed up, like between 800 AD and 1200 AD, the temperatures were higher than they are right now. And that was a warming period. And then even with this most recent warm up, there was a stall, like a plateau in the warming from, um, there was like a 10 year period where the warming stopped, but fossil fuels continued to burn. And so there's just these breakdowns in saying that it's completely correlated. I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm saying that it's important to teach our kids, you know, don't just believe what the media is saying. And especially if it evokes fear, stop it here and say, wait, what are the real facts? And more importantly, what does God's word say about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Oh, okay. So how as a master naturalist, Do you enjoy, and I know some of the ways, but do you enjoy most just in your daily schedule with sharing that with your kids and raising them in your homeschool environment and with your husband? And what does, what does your week look like doing that? So we can take away some practical means. Cause I think, I think us moms are so tired and so busy and doing the same thing a lot. And we need new ideas and we need fresh perspectives on how we really can raise our kids different in today's culture. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite things to do is to front load our day in an intentional way. Like I love making a good connection with my children first thing. And so I love bird watching. Um, I, I, it's probably my obsession. And so most mornings I start the day walking our neighborhood and looking for birds And if my kids ask to come with me right away, yes, I love when they want to come with me. It's actually my son who got me into bird watching. So it's Mm -hmm. a sweet connection that we've had. And I think that's so important just to follow your children's interests. If Mm -hmm. they have an interest in the natural world, be it birds, insects, rocks, water, rivers, lakes, um, the planetary system, follow that interest and encourage it and join them in it because they are going to see their creator in that. So birding is one, and I love that that can be like a quick 10-minute thing, because sometimes we can't give a few hours to being outside with our kids. Um, We try to, but if I can make a quick connection with them outdoors, then I want to do that. We also hike, uh, usually at least once a week, we get out into the hills or do a nearby trail. One of our favorite things, um, I... I guess technically it's indoors. It's from the car, but we love going on dusk drives. We did it last night. Right now, the great horned owls are nesting. And so last night, so last night we found one, but last week we went on a drive and found four great horned owls and you can hear them doing um, their duet. It's called when they're calling to each other. 
And we always find wildlife at dusk. I call it the golden hour. Like, you know that from photography, but Mm -hmm. dusk and dawn are also the golden hours for finding wildlife. And so in the morning we walk and find birds and then at dusk we drive and we find owls or around here elk and deer and moose and bears sometimes. So just getting those connections with our kids, be it a drive, a walk, a hike, making sure that that's happening often. That's awesome. Now, how do you stay connected with, you know, for instance, the, did you say it was the horned owl, the great horned owl? How do you know that just from your knowledge as being a master naturalist, or is there anything that you follow or that, you know, listeners could follow? Because for me, I would just go, wow, I'd love to do that, but I didn't even know that was happening. (laughs) So like, I need a calendar. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, like, The education that came from my training was just the start. I ran with that and started self-educating all I could, just reading all these books and everything I could get my hands on. Uh, I love learning about nature alongside my children. Um, Since we homeschool, we get special opportunity to do that, that Mm -hmm. I can learn right alongside them. But it really is direct direct observation. So the first time we saw the owls um, in their mating season was last year. We saw five in one night and we actually saw them like flying to the nest and mating. It was oh, incredible. Wow. wow. I didn't know anything about it. And so it was such an incredible experience that then we went home to see, well, are they mating? What are they doing right now? What is the the season for the owls, you know? And so I feel like once you have that direct observation, you go home and learn a little more about it. And that mm-hmm. makes that experience so much deeper and your kids remember it and you yeah. buy that experience to knowledge about God's creation. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Uh, so you have a new book coming out, Rooted in Wonder, Nurturing Your Family's Faith Through God's Creation. It looks absolutely beautiful. I just, I love all of the promotional um, graphics on it. I'm so excited to read it. Can you tell us a little bit about this book and why it's so important to you? Yeah, this book has been a four-year project, really from when I decided to become a master naturalist. And I remember the day that the idea for this book hatched in my heart. We were out adventuring as a family out in the wilderness and we found this little area along the creek and let the kids out to play and strung up the hammock and got the cooler snacks. And it was raspberry season. So we were foraging raspberries and snacking from the bushes. And I remember the pine trees that day. They looked, there was just these tall stands of pine trees all around us. And they looked like they were bowing to the creator. Like sometimes if you see pine trees, Mm. the tip is actually a little bent. Mm -hmm. And it looked like this entire audience of pine trees bowing to the creator. Mm -hmm. And I saw my kids connecting with God in nature. And that's when I decided to uh, pursue that certification as a naturalist. And I thought, you know what, if I can get this education and dig into nature and scripture together, I think there could be a book here. And so that was what it came from. And over the past four years, just learning more about nature, um, gobbling up all the books that I could about natural theology. So that is um, theologians, people who study God and teach theology through nature. And so that's really what this pursuit has been. Um, But really, I can see seeds of this starting back in Bible college when I was 18 years old, um, when I met my husband. So they taught us in Bible college that God reveals himself to us in two ways. 
Special revelation is God's word, his inspired word, the scriptures. And then natural revelation is what we see of God in creation. And that mm -hmm. comes from Romans 120, that his invisible qualities, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world and all that has been made so that we are without excuse. And yes. so I remember learning that in Bible college. And then just as I saw my kids experiencing God in nature, and as I was experiencing him in nature, I, it, it took just full form then that I could actually see what was going on. So that is where this book yeah. came from. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. I love it. I love it. So um, can you tell us where we can pick up a copy or pre-order or when, when we can, and then also how we can connect further with you? Absolutely. Thank you. So Rooted in Wonder launches on April 11th, and it is available for pre-order right now on Amazon. Also on my website, erinlinum.com. My name is spelled funny. So it's E-R-Y-N-L-Y-N-U-M.com. I didn't plan that. Like God just gave me a great <laughs> husband with a great last name that matched my own. So, so that's where I it can be found. Um, I also have a lot of free resources on my website. I love making nature-inspired devotionals that you can read with your kids. So I have a God of Wonders devotional on there, a devotional based on birds, um, including seven days of birding activities for your kids. Uh, oh, so I fun. have a guide for um, creating indoor terrariums with your kids and learning about ecosystems yeah. and how God helps us to thrive wherever we're planted. So all of that's available free um, to download on my website as well. I love all of that. You are a kindred spirit for sure. Erin, um, thank you so much. I could just go on and on with you and I'm hoping we get to talk again. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today um, and being iron to my iron. I'm so thankful for the journey God has you and your family on and just how inspiring you are to mamas around you. And I just, I cannot wait for this book to bless people's lives and bless families and children. Um, so before we go, what are your top values you want to encourage other mamas listening to make sure we're passing these things down to our next generation? Yeah, my husband and I are huge on having family values. That's been a process we've gone through over several years is just writing and refining our family values. We're actually teaching on it at our church, a three-week series on that coming up. And our values change over time. It's okay for them to be fluid as our ages and stages change, especially with our kids. But currently, um, some of our values are spending time in creation. That's mm -hmm. huge for us. Sharing the gospel in our home. So that's having people in our home that they can see the gospel lived out in the family dynamic, but also mm -hmm. sharing the gospel with each other. And we do that a lot through our homeschooling. And then another is uh, biblical rest. So we Sabbath every Saturday. It's my favorite day of the week. Um, God worked for six days and then he rested, but God's day of rest was Adam's first day. So mm -hmm. mankind starts with rest before they can work. And so I love just starting our week with a day of rest and we stay home. We don't drive. We don't spend money, which has been a break for our budget. And we just play um, outside. Yeah. We just, that's really cool. I together. have to ask how long have you guys been doing that? Um, just over a year. So we started okay. January 1st of 2022 and it's been imperfect. There have been some misses, but <laughs> 
we feel it when we miss it because it's yeah. such a gift. It's a gift to us now that um, we don't want to miss it. I love that you're able to prioritize that. That's so beautiful. Um, I just, I think that's really awesome. Erin, thank you so much for being here today. I, and again, I just, I'm so excited for this to be out there and for your book to be out there. Everyone go on her webpage. It is absolutely beautiful, phenomenal. I spent hours on it the other day. I just kept finding more and more things um, of value. So it is, it is awesome. And she's right, tons of very awesome resources. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my goodness, guys, wasn't that so much fun? God is so good. We had such an awesome conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And until we meet again in the treehouse, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow us on Treehouse Storyteller or check us out online at thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, blogs, photography, and encouragement. See you soon.